the problem that SaaS companies have is that they're pushing everything through in like 30 to 60 day disposition. It's too fast, right. Recreate 30 to 60 days, right. You're recreating all your demand all the time. Hello and welcome to this edition of the Black Line Podcast. Mike, can you believe it? Like 2018 is for all practical purposes over. Not over yet. Still got a week and a half. But I yeah. Said, for all practical yeah. purposes. Right. Come on, we got we got OG. What's the likelihood that this is gonna get this is gonna get out before 2019? Yeah, well, there, there you go. That's true. Sounds wow. like somebody's given up already on the year. Given up? Maybe I've already conquered the year. <laughs> well, there you go. Well, we are closed next week. We close between um, pretty much the, the – Christmas and New Year's. Holiday. So, with, with Monday being the, the, the 24th, um, being the nice – benevolent leader that uh that i am um we go ahead i went ahead and shut down for monday too so we're closed monday through wow through tuesday wow that's that's like 11 days man give everybody some time to recharge come back come back ready to rock and roll so um so hey mike i don't know about you i always get contemplative this time of year i i kind of feel unique that way yeah um, you know, it, it, it's funny. I like to look back over the last, uh, I like to look at my notes that I wrote a month, you know, a year ago, two years ago, three years ago. Um, I probably do like, I try to look like one, two, three, five is what I look at. And then I try to look at really, really old stuff. And, and I always say the way I know that I had a good year is if I look at the stuff that I did last year at this time, and I'm a little bit embarrassed by it. And if I look at the stuff that I did two years ago or what I was worried about or whatever the case may be, I'm like, Oh my God, I can't believe that, that, that even survived. And so, uh, based on that, I, I, I think Imagine's had a pretty good uh, two years. Yeah, got- no, it's, it's always interesting to, to look at things in retrospect and figure out where you were a year ago, two years ago, um, see what you did right, see what you did wrong. But like you said, every day, it, Unless we're a massive company, every day our job is just to wake up and not suck as bad as I did yesterday. I think that was suck, your exact quote. Suck, suck a little less than I did yesterday, which was your exact quote from from our last podcast. Um, yeah, I wanted to. I wanted to uh, when we were doing sales coaching, when that was our primary business. I, I wanted to make our value proposition and our website hero. So we'll make your we'll we'll get your salespeople to suck less. But uh, <laughs> my 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 team vetoed that. So, yeah, so it's probably not a probably not a good tagline. So uh, at least start with the salespeople. You're already telling them you suck. Um, and yeah, so we got a we got a fun announcement that we'll be making next year at Imagine. Oh, we got really? A little little mystery um, to uh, Twiller to. So so given that, that this is our last podcast this year. Um, I thought it would be a good idea, and I actually have to give a hat tip to uh, John Benini, um, who, who made me think about this. Um, so I'm, I'm working on a, on, a, on a blog post similar to this, so I thought it would be good for a, a podcast episode for, for you and me to do. Um, you, know how, you know how everybody writes their, um, what the serious marker will be focusing on at the end of 2019, right? 
Yeah. Um, and everyone likes to do their, their prediction posts this time of year. We, and, we did one and performed relatively well. And fascinating, the, uh, the predictions are always in favor of whatever the company that wrote the prediction is selling. Have you ever noticed that? Uh, <laughs> indeed, I have. Those that are successful will be more data-driven a year from now than they are today. Uh, so, uh, um, so I, so I'm, I'm, I actually, as a result of, of a tweet that I'll, I'll share in a second that, that John, um, that John put out there. And for those of you that don't know, John Benini is the head of marketing at Databox. Um, what, one of the things that I'm doing too, is I've actually gone back and, and looked at some of the last, um, some of the prediction posts that, that, that I've written over the last couple of years. And so sometime in January, I'm actually going to do an update of that. that I, and I, ch I would love to see people do that. You know what I mean? Um, and it was actually really cool. So two years ago, I did a happy birthday HubSpot, you know, happy 10th birthday and a five-year picture into the future. And so we're coming up on just under two and a half years from that post. And I looked at it and, and we are smack on every prediction. Really, it's it's fascinating. So uh, I'm you sure I'll share, find, uh, you have to share that. You have to share that link in the show notes. I will. I will. Um, or more more accurately, our producers will. Yeah. A anyway, so what what John said is, hey, enough of these. Um, I don't think he used the word bullshit, but I'm I'm sure that's what he um, inferred. Um, you know, enough of this. You know, enough of the bullshit prediction posts where you just pontificate. You know, to make you sound to make yourself sound smart, why doesn't somebody, or why don't people do a what worked this year post? We could really learn from that. You know, rather than telling us what's gonna work, tell us what worked. And so I thought we could talk about what worked for us, and, and I think, to be fair, if we're gonna talk about wor what worked for us, we should also talk about what didn't work for us, and then, so I thought you and I could each do two what two things that worked and two things that didn't work. And you know, we can talk a little bit about each one of those to try to get some people to, I think it was Warren Buffett, one of my favorite Warren Buffett quotes. He said, I do not value people who learn from their own mistakes. I value people who learn from other people's mistakes. Yep. So, um, so I figured people can learn from some of our mistakes and maybe learn from our successes as well. Love it. Sound like it sounds like a blast. How's that for the year end black line podcast special? We're going to let out all our secrets. Drew, at this point you should like put in some kind of band music or something here to kind of add and, and communicate the festivities. All right, Mike, you want to lead off? Um, what's the first thing that worked for you this year? So I would say at the beginning of the year, we had been blogging for a while and we, we, we literally saw nothing from it. Um, and then we, we, we changed our strategy and I couldn't be more excited about more excited now than I was at the beginning of the year around content marketing. Um, the reason why I, the reason why I've been so excited about it is we talked about this last week, like who cares about organic search, but the, the level and quality of leads that we're now getting from our content marketing efforts has literally quadrupled in the past six months. Um, 
I don't know, maybe it's not a very highly competitive space or something like that, what we're, what, what people are searching for. But I was just on a call earlier when we were reviewing some of the, uh, some of the pieces that we've done and where some of those leads are coming in, they're 40, 50 bucks a click. And just by writing articles that answered people's questions, we're, we're seeing things. Um, and we're seeing real, real energy behind it, real opportunities. Um, and I know for as many people that say content work, content marketing is dead or content marketing doesn't work anymore, we're seeing the exact opposite. So for us, it's been a huge driver of, of, uh, so let, 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 let's not be victims of, of small thinking. Cause people, I laugh when people say content marketing doesn't work yeah, and right. really what does because everything is content, right? So, Correct. Um, so when you talk about content, are you talking about blog content? Are you talking about inbound marketing content? What, so when you talk about you're excited about content and content worked for you this year, what, what's well, the last six, the last, the last six months, it is really hey. taken worked for us. Hey, this is but the year end. Year. This is the year end success episode. You get to lie, cheat, steal, whatever. Well, I can't, I can't do that, but, you know. but so, so, but so what, what type of content specifically are you talking about that's working? So th there's, there's two areas. One is our blog. Um, we've gotten a lot more, I guess, focused on what we're writing about and spending a lot of time on single posts versus the quality far outweighs quantity. I think everybody would agree with that. Um, our email newsletter has been very, very successful for us this year. Uh, so that's another content piece. And but we actually your email always been successful for you? Hasn't that been a strong uh, thing? It, it, it has. Um, I would say this year it was, a, we actually, now that our list has been growing because of the inbound methodology or whatever you want to call it is working where we're, we're you know, people are submitting forms, et cetera. Uh, the newsletter list has grown quite significantly over the year, and we haven't seen drop-offs in engagement rates. In fact, we've seen the exact opposite. Um, so even though our list is growing, our engagement rates are actually increasing. So, so I'm, I'm fascinated, and I'm actually going to do a blog post that I'm going to highlight Drift and talk about why Drift is so – well, why Drift is having the marketing success that it's having. Um, and and it, it's, it's funny about Drift – and I know that you're not talking about Drift, but it's funny about that because one of the things that I'm going to lead off is I'm going to say, if you're reading this blog, you're going to fall into one or two camps. You're going you're gonna to think Drift is like the hottest, biggest, greatest thing ever, or you're going to be who the hell is Drift. And, and it is really fascinating because you either think Drift is, you know, almost the biggest company in the world now, and I'm yep. exaggerating. Or you've never heard of them. And, and, and it's funny because the people, and you've, you and I have talked about this before, but the people who... Uh, um, who have heard of Drift, when I say the, that there are a lot of people who don't have any idea who they are, they're like, there's no way everybody knows who Drift is. It's like echo chamber. There's a so, lot of people that don't know who HubSpot is, to be um, quite frank. And, and so, uh, but the thing that, the thing that, that, that I laugh at is something that you said, you kind of almost like apologized that forms were working for you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And about my, you know, we're, no, I, but you know, like, it, right. you know, maybe it's just the event, like, like, I mean, they've, they've actually, um, they've just done a great job that all of a sudden in this, in this segment, which is who their space is, you don't need, you've never believed, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, you've never believed forms are dead. No, not at but, all. 
but we almost feel like we have to, you know, you, 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 you get what I'm saying. So what, what did you do differently? So, so you, you, you focused on quality. Um, and like, I know your blog, you, your blog used to be kind of the whims of Mike. And so, I mean, I, one thing I noticed is that you guys have focused on, on what you're about more. And so your, your blog reinforces that, right? It, it, it keeps, there, there's still that personality that's there, but you, 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 you focused in so that it, it, it connects better. What, what else have you done that, well, I guess first, is it, so it's leads and quality leads is, is what you're using to judge a success, correct? That's correct. More so quality leads than just leads. Um, and every month we reevaluate how many leads did we get this month? How many of them were of high quality? Have any of them actually turned into opportunities? And have any of them actually closed deals? But it, it goes back to what we talked about last week. It's also giving me the information that I need to utilize in our sales process where, oh, you had a question about that? Hey, let me let me throw you this article. It's a good article. Mm -hmm. um, it'll, it'll answer your questions. So it's um, being used in both of those. It's being used in both of those, uh, both of those places. You know, you know what the best blog post is, don't you? The one, the one that brings you in one more quality lead and fewer overall leads. Yep. Give me fewer quality. I mean, give me fewer volume and more quality. Higher and, quality. And, and, and we're good to go. Um, so what do you, anything else you attribute the success? So, um, and we talked, we talked about this. Well, success? I mean, the, 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 the utilization of, of, um, there's a lot of just BS in the marketplace about the ways search engines work. I mean, we talked about that last week. Um, and so we've taken a, a more scientific approach to writing our posts so that we rank and rank quickly. And so that we continue to increase our domain authority with, with Google. Um, we have seen multiple articles now get the snippet view at the top, multiple uh, keyword search terms that we're going after. We're ranking for on the first page of Google within, you know, some of them in a matter of two weeks, we're on the first page of Google. And all of that is kind of building on itself as our domain authority gets stronger to where when we post something and it's, what we believe is high quality, then it ranks very, very quickly. So to, to call out for the audience, I want to, I want to put words in your mouth and tell me if they fit. Mm -hmm. I think you used to do blog posts and your focus was on the blog post. You yep. thought the work of the blog post was writing the blog post. Correct. And I think different now is you're still working on the blog post. And you're probably even working more on the blog post, but more so than that, you're working on the things before the post and after the post to make that successful. Absolutely. That is, that is perfectly explained. Um, I was actually, again, before we got on this podcast, I was talking to Ivan who's responsible for all of this and he was showing me the depth and level of research he does for every single blog post. And I was absolutely blown away. And, and, so and the way you even, before he even writes a post, he says, can we actually rank for this? And how quickly can we rank for this? And now that he's taken that more of that scientific approach, 
he's not focusing on areas just he's not writing a blog post to write a blog post he's writing a blog post to get an end result all right cool so i mean i think that's a huge takeaway for people um i think too, too often they think of the blog post that the key is the blog post right um and and yeah that matters but it's the before and after that matters probably even right already so I'll, I'll go next um and, and it's funny when i when i started doing this i thought that um you know what are the strategies that we implemented this year and i thought you know being the sophisticated guy being the sophisticated leading edge company that we are we were going to have um interesting strategies that we implemented. And, and, and the reason I said that is because whenever I talk about the future, I talk about it in such, even a year from now, I would talk about it in such grand components. And, and so what I would say, what worked for us this year, um, more than anything else, and I don't even think I realized it until we were probably about nine months into the year, we got back to the basics. Um, and I actually remember the day that I had this thought and it was a, it was a very frustrated day for me. And, um, and I remember thinking why, and, and in this case, I was, I'm looking at it through the lens of some of the services we were providing clients. And, and I realized that I was following a, a quote unquote methodology and, and we were trying to implement the methodology as opposed to, and it was actually somewhat of an argument with a client. So a client hired us for inbound marketing. And so we were implementing an inbound marketing methodology. And then he was complaining that the inbound marketing methodology wasn't generating revenue. And I said, well, I mean, then we were able to show him that we were making progress on search and we were ranking for more. I said, well, if you want to generate revenue, then why are we doing this? We should do that. And he goes, okay, why are we doing this? We should do that. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, yeah. And, and I, so I remember on that day, I, I thought about what game are you playing? Um, and, and, and what does it mean? So, so it, that led to a, you know, a back to the basics of, of you know, solving for the end. And so the, the first thing that I'll share that, I, um, that we did that has worked for us internally and for our clients that have adopted it fully has been amazing um, is we eliminated quotas. Um, I remember reading the blog post yeah. on why you did that. And that, that got, a, that seemed to get a lot of traffic is, and people talking about it. That probably has more um, on LinkedIn than every other thing I've done on LinkedIn combined. Um, and, and, and what, what we did was we created this term called meaningful conversation. Well, we didn't create the term meaningful conversation because I, I heard somewhere that it existed before us, um, but we defined it. And, and we said a meaningful conversation is a conversation where um, the seller learns something material about the buyer that enables the seller to personalize, contextualize uh, or customize the approach to increase the likelihood of success to generate, um, you know, to, to, to generate whatever the end goal is. And both parties commit to do at least one thing by a certain time. And, and it means different things as it, as it goes through there. And what it did for us, and, and there was an interesting um, 
article that, that, that I need to read that came, I think it's from, I think Sirius is having a conference or something, Sirius Decisions is having a conference or something. And, and they're talking about how, you know, sales has become this um, volume activity sweatshop. And, and the quality of the activity has, has disappeared. And there's always been that balance and that fight of, of quantity of activity versus quality of activity. And, and I think for the last five years, the, and, it, and it, I think for the last five years, the quantity of activity has been winning the game, mm-hmm. right? And that means that quality is going to begin to fight it and we'll swing back to quality and then we'll swing back to quantity and then we'll swing back to quality and we'll keep going through that loop. What, what meaningful conversations does is it make, it is a quantity quality metric or a quality quantity metric, whatever you want to define it. You have to have a certain volume of activity to be able to have 10 meaningful conversations. Like you have to at least make 10 calls. Yeah. Right. Yeah, um, yeah. That, that would be a hundred percent hit rate, but yeah. I, 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 but I mean, at least, right. Yep. Um, but it doesn't, but the focus isn't on, on how many calls you make or how many activities or, or, or events you push. And, and it causes you to think about, well, if I want to generate more, um, more meaningful conversations, I look at my email differently, right? And I actually begin to learn, you know what? I can have a meaningful conversation via email now. You can have a meaningful conversation that meets that definition. Um, I can have a meaningful conversation via text. I can have a meaningful conversation via chat. But, but outside of that, the purpose of my email, the purpose of my website, the purpose of what I do on social is to generate that, that situation whereby I can have a meaningful conversation. Um, what can I do to prime the pump? Robert Cialdini wrote a, um, you know, he wrote the book Influence. Um, his second book, which I think is fascinating, is a book called Persuasion. And, it's, and Persuasion is all about those moments that could be like almost immediately before or long before that create the environment for you to have a better opportunity to influence. And so you look and, and you begin to say, so, you know, so a rep says, well, I think we're too focused on calling or I think we're too focused on emails or I think we leave too many voicemail messages or, you know, whatever. Right. And I go, okay, well, here's the thing, right? These are all the tools that you have at, at your play. Am I going to make you like, I'll make somebody brand new, obviously, because you have to know something, but am I going to make you do that? No, I'm not. Cause it, it won't work. And, and you end up, you, you get into this compliance activity metric game, but it's like, well, do you think that will lead to more meaningful conversations, right? How are you going to manage your day to have more meaningful conversations? And when you begin to look at it through that lens, um, it changes the game. Um, when you, when you make the critical number earlier there, now there's a lot of things and you can read the blog post or you can send me an email and I'll get you the details about, about what that shift occurred. But that, 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 aspect that conversation that that mindset has had a big impact in how we look at everything and how we've been managing any number of other activities um, to produce more um, more predictable results so I'll simplify that for you so what you're doing is you're incentivizing 
you're creating an incentive structure. You know, it's the actually not on the right. Uh, the focus is on the right, the right activity. You know, that's actually not what we've done. It's interesting that you say that. We got rid of quotas, but we didn't change the comp system. Yeah. Um, so I've said, and I, and I um, remember when we had Derek on. Yeah. And, and Derek was, in, Derek is in the camp of if a rep is paid commission, then you can't trust the rep. I'm putting words in his mouth to some degree, but there's that school that, that says that. And I have always said, and I go to the Daniel Pink school, by the way, comp is not what drives behavior. Um, comp can create friction, but comp doesn't drive behavior. What drives behavior is the score. What drives behavior is the metrics. What drives behavior is what do you celebrate? And so our SDRs are still primarily paid on generating SQLs. Mm -hmm. Right. Our, our sales reps for both us and for our clients who are implementing this are still paid. Their, their, their variable compensation is still primarily based on closed business. Right. But, but what we're not doing is we're not focused on the closed business metric. We're not quota, quota, or yeah, closed business, closed business, closed business. Or, or SQL, right. SQL, SQL. You're not being measured day in and day out based off of that metric. Right. You're being what, measured more so on the right activities. Right. And so you have, so, so, um, so like our, our internal team has a 10, 10, 10, right? 10 meaningful conversations a week, 10 opportunities past a certain stage per month and 10 opportunities past another stage per month. And none of those stages are closed. Yeah. Right. 10, 10, 10. And, and if you do 10, 10, 10, then, then you are going to be a hero. And if you do 10, 10, 10, and if you do 10, 10, 10, and you don't, you don't hit a number, I'll make sure that you get compensated in a way that I can keep you. Um, and if you close business, but you're not doing 10, 10, 10, then, then you're not doing anything that's sustainable. And, and candidly. Interesting. Yes. The sustainable piece. Yep. Well, so, so here's the other thing that I, that I found too. Um, so, so we had a rep. We had an awesome week. We had three really good opportunities come in in the same week. I mean, it was an awesome week. And one of them, by the way, this has never happened with three opportunities of that quality. We didn't capture any of those opportunities. One of them, a VP of sales got hired away. One of them got bought and one of them, the, um, it was such a good opportunity. We went for it all. We should have gone for an, a launch project, but it was so juicy and perfect. We went right for the full sale and, and we probably overshot it. And, and instead of doing something that the VP could have approved on their own, he told us, oh yeah, yeah, I can, you know. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Okay. But here's what happened. The activity levels drop precipitously. You know why? Because the rep had three awesome opportunities. Awesome opportunities. Yep. Right. Oh yeah. Um. And that's what we were measuring. Right. So if those three opportunities had closed, 
And all three of those opportunities were high probability opportunities up until the point that they weren't. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you know what, you understand what I mean. No, right? I, I know. I know exactly what you mean by that. I just had to laugh. <laughs> and, and, and what I mean by this, I didn't have like the VP, VP of sales gets hired away. There's no, there's no red flag. Right. 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 Absolutely. And I, I'm saying that for the audience, not, 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 right. not to just you. Right. And, and so the, the rep got lazy because, Hey, yeah, I got this taken care of. Hey, this, you know, this puts me ahead. This, you know, this put, if we're going to capture these three things, that that's months ahead. Right. And so we weren't doing those. So then as those opportunities got lost, guess what was behind it? Nothing. Nothing. Why? Because we hadn't really worked it. Right. And, and here's the thing. Once it hit a certain point, the rep managed the process. It wasn't hard work for the rep. It wasn't high value generation for the rep. No offense to that work. We had a lot of our teams doing the analysis and, and, and all those things that are going on. And, and because that's what we measured and that's what we rewarded and that's what we talked about, right? That, and, and, and you see that all the time in sales, right? An old, one of my old mentors slash manager, he referred to that as uh, rolling a rock up the hill. You think about every quarter, you're rolling this rock up a hill, you get it to the top, you get, you know, you think you're at the top of the hill, you let go of the rock, rock rolls all the way back down, the, back down to the bottom of the hill. And you start right. back over again. So you're constantly, it just, it, there's no predictability to it. There's no, you know, and, and, and what it, it's exhausting to do that and, um, and, for the rest. Well, you, you, see, I actually have something that's even better than the roll. I, I, it's better than the rolling the rock up the hill analogy. And it's the prime, the pump analogy, right? You got to pump, 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 pump. If you stop when the first bit of water starts coming out, you got nothing. But if you keep pumping through it, so the flow comes, now you've built the momentum and the asset. So, so what 10, 10, 10 does for us, and it's different for different people. But if you focus on 10, I mean, first off, if you have 10 meaningful conversations, if I have a meaningful conversation with you, I can only have so many meaningful conversations before the byproduct of those meaningful conversations is you buy something. Either you buy something or you don't buy something. Right. right. I mean, some, yeah, right. Right. I mean, some, some, um, so, so by definition, you're going to achieve the end result, not by focusing on the end result, but by focusing on the meaningful conversation. Now I can only have so many meaningful conversations in a period of time with one person or one organization. Um, you know, one person at a client company of ours, I'll fool, I'll, I'll fool them. I'll have meaningful conversations with four people at one company. Yeah, exactly. Right. Good. That's what enterprise sales is. Right. Glad, glad you got that. Finally, we've only been telling you that for, for two years. Right. Um, and, and so if you have 10 meaningful conversations, 10 meaning, and let's be honest, I mean, for a sales rep, 10 meaningful conversations in a week. I mean, that, that's a week's worth of work. It's not a gut busting week's worth of work. It's a week's worth of work. Yeah. Right. But you have 10 meaningful conversations, 10 meaningful conversations, 10 meaningful conversations. All of a sudden you have this asset of, oh, wow, my opportunities are kind of coming. And, and, and the problem, the reason you they're, roll that moving, they're moving forward and the rock is, you know, right. or the I, pump is still going at the beginning stages of, of I'm managing 200 different levels of engagement right and so i don't have to replace all of my engagement and that's why the 
you know, the problem that SaaS companies have is that they're pushing everything through in like 30 to 60 day disposition. It's too fast, right. Recreate 30 to 60 days, right. You're recreating all your demand all the time. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so that's why that, so that, that's what's worked for us. That's the first piece. So what's the second thing that's worked for you? That's awesome. Um, and I, again, I, when I read the article, I thought it, was, thought it was fascinating to get some more insight from you uh, on that. I think it's a great, it's a great yeah, approach. I, I will say, when you take the approach, what it does is it does require you to manage the process better. Yep. Again, the, the problem, and I, and I talk about it in the post, the, and I think this is one of the biggest management mistakes we make, is we use comp systems for management. But yep. what's your second item that worked? So another thing that's really helped us, I think this year kind of align strategies, align what we're doing, is more process. And when I, when I talk a little bit about, about more process, it's like, hey, before CRM was kind of a little bit of the wild, wild west. We didn't, you know, even cold outreach campaigns was, was still the wild, wild west. In fact, you gave me some great insight into ways to, to run some of those. Um, what other insight do I have? Yeah, well, there you go. Um, but reporting also became a huge part of, of what we're doing because we, we couldn't measure anything. Like we were like, well, we did this. Did it have an effect? Um, and now as we've gotten, you know, more customers, more complex sales cycles, because we've gone upstream with some, you know, with some larger organization, we finally had to just, I mean, just literally rip the, you know, rip the duct tape off. And it, it was painful for about a month or two, but what we've gotten at the byproduct of what we've gotten out of it now is we have much more, repeatable processes and um, we can actually report on the effectiveness of different things that we're trying. And it comes back to what we talked about is, Hey, let's iterate constant iteration. You, you constantly got to be iterating, but if you can't measure what the last iteration did, then how do you ever, you know, how do you, how do you keep moving forward either move forward or move behind, but at least you know that that thing or th that thing did or did not work. Yeah. So what would you attribute the, I mean, cause process isn't new to you. So what would you attribute the, the reason for success? Uh, I think the reason why we finally just bit the bullet and did it was it was just, it was getting exhausting. I mean, it was, you can only work so many months in a row, 20 hour days because you don't have, procedures and policies in place, whether those just be simple email templates to respond to people with when they have a specific question, knowledge base articles, all those types of things, they just eat and eat and eat and eat up your time. And therefore, the next thing you know is your business continues to grow, 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 and you're not putting those things in place, then again, you're working 20 hours a day and, and, and you're, you're so focused on inside the business versus working on the business. I'm going to give an outsider's perspective of something that I think also is a cause for the success. And I think it's important for, for those listening to, to pick up on. Um, Cause I know, I mean, I had many conversations with you and you would send things to me and you would try to reuse this and that. Um, and you got really frustrated more than a couple of times. Cause you felt like, you know, at one point you got frustrated cause you felt like you were spending a lot of time on process, but 
what's the point of spending time on process if I don't have process? Yeah. Right. But you kept doing it. And then all of a sudden you woke up and now, oh, wait, this, oh, wait, this process is in place now. Oh, wait, this is in place. And, and so just because you kept doing it, it finally, you know, it, it, it hit that point where, where it had impact. And I think a lot of people don't deal with it because it's such a mammoth issue. Yeah. Like, how can I get it all done? Well, we'll get one done and keep working on it and then monitor it. Cause I'm going to plug on, I'm going to piggyback on measure to give you the second thing that worked for us. I'm paying attention to time here. Um, so back, to, so on that point of it being like kind of this mammoth undertaking mm-hmm. months and months ago, I remember we, we, we do a weekly team call and I got off that team call and I, I couldn't have been, I, I don't think in the last year I've been more furious at, what Eric was saying, what Ivan was saying, what some of the other team members were saying, because I'm like, you motherfuckers, I'm working so hard to try and put all these processes in place. And you think it's just so easy. And then I would, you know, finally calm down. And I would, I would say, you know what? It was actually awesome that they pushed me to continue to do this because otherwise I would have just said, man, this, this is too much work. I can't do it. Well, um, and like you said, it was, it was those consistent iterative process, putting, Every week, just make it a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit suck better. A little just keep, yeah. Suck a little bit less this week. Make the process yep. suck a little less. Yeah, and, and I think that, so I want to piggyback on measure because I, I, think, I think some of us get lost on measure. Um, and I'm actually seeing this as a big issue all the way around because um, measure doesn't mean it equates to a number. Um, you can't figure out where the holes in your hose are until you put water in. And if you're worried about the hose leaking, then you'll never put water through the hose, which means the hose will never get better. And there are so many people that are afraid to implement process or implement real design because, because they're afraid. Um, so just do it. Um, now, my second thing, I had a tough time picking the second thing because I could have talked about video and the video and business award that we won from Vidyard. Um, I could have talked to you like that. You like how that one yeah. in there? Uh, yeah. you know, system design has been a real big thing for us. Um, but I actually decided to pick one that I think is going to surprise a lot of people, given what a lot of perceptions are about me. You know what's working for us this year, Mike? Hmm. Let's say what, Doug? You know what's working for us this year, Mike? What, Doug? We're measuring a lot less. Measure what matters. Um, and you know what? There's some stuff that matters that we're not measuring. You want to know why? Because you can only do so much. Because you can only do so because much. Because it leads to, it, 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 you can only do so much or it leads to, you know. Yep. And, and so, I mean, like, like the meaningful conversation piece, that's like, that's a big thing that we monitor. It's a big thing that we measure. Um, I'm not... I mean, our, our, our conversation last week around, you know, I don't care about blog traffic kind of comes from that. It's like, I, you know yeah. what? I pay attention. To, I, I don't know how much traffic I have. I don't know. I'm like, I used to know. In the past six months, I have not looked at one. Even The only reason why I know how much our traffic has increased is because Ivan has, has told me. I have not looked at one dashboard around that. 
all I look at is how many leads, how many quality leads are we getting and how many opportunities are we getting from, from those efforts? That's what I'm measuring. I'm not measuring that, oh, you've increased traffic by 400% this year. I, so what? Who cares? So, um, yeah, so, so it, it really is about choose what's important, where's the focus, and measure. I mean, you know, and sometimes it's not even what we would call measure. I mean, I found, and, and you and I have a mutual friend who might not like this, but I found that, you know, you have all these tools that make it so easy to get all, the, all this numerical data around things. And I love numerical data. But it, everything just kind of got lost. And, and now it's, it's much more about, um, there's much more qualitative measurement. So it's not always a number, right? And, and so that's the other thing. So we're measuring less and we're measuring differently. I like it. What didn't work for you this year, Mike? Here's an easy one. We tried, 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 tried Facebook advertising. Yeah, I would say that definitely didn't work for you because I never saw any of your Facebook ads. So that, that would be a problem. Yeah. I don't think that the well, – <laughs> they're in large part of the problem. No, I'm kidding. Um, it drove a lot of just crappy leads. We were trying to boost traffic and we were doing it the wrong way. And it goes, it, it all comes back to quality versus quantity, which seems to be a, a theme that we've been hitting on a lot recently. And I think, you know, kind of trying to do that shot in the arm type Facebook advertising or pay-per-click, you're trying to cheat the system. And when you cheat the system, you know, those are the types of results you get. I know Facebook advertising works for some businesses, probably more so in the B2C space. We just couldn't, we couldn't get it to work for us where we were actually seeing high quality leads, which is what we care about. Well, see, um, I'll, I'll give you a good one for us then. It didn't work. Um, and I think it gets a little bit to, to, to some of it as well. You know what didn't work for us this year, Mike? Hmm. Chat. I've got that actually right here on my, that was going to be the next thing I was going to say. Yeah. Chat, chat didn't, chat hasn't done much for us. Um, and, and I think there's two reasons for that. Now we did at one point get really, I mean, I did some, some serious thinking and some serious work on, on our chat and chat bots, et cetera. And, and I'm sure that one of the reasons that it's not working now, we have some clients that it's working for fine. Right. Yeah. Well, no, I, remember, I mean, you spent, you spent weeks on it. You, like you helped me get into the beta program for HubSpot, all that, but um, and, keep going. And so I, I think that one reason the chat hasn't worked for us is, is we haven't put the time and, 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 and thought process through it. Um, I think another point is, and, and by the way, I, and I think the reason for that is that, you know, we, my company has a limited amount of time to focus on my company and, and something has to get cut. Right. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I also think that, that when you look at where, where chat is, um, I don't, 
I don't think that we're in the right place at the right time for where chat is, is a driver. I can see where some inbound agencies, like if we were more of a true traditional inbound agency and someone was looking for inbound, you know, but part, part of our problem is that we do, we do something that's not typical. So yeah. our, our biggest challenge is that people aren't, aren't looking for it. I, I think that the other thing too, is that, um, you know, Stephen Covey used to say, if you pick up one end of the stick, you have to pick up the other end of the stick. I think chat is valuable for, um, I'm sorry, I think chat is, is relevant to potentially highly relevant when you're involved at the high intent stage, when you're dealing with high intent situations. And, and our big strategy has been moving more and more to pre-intent. We made that discovery, you know, and, and so we, like for us to win, we want to matter to you. We want to begin that conversation back to meaningful conversations, right? We want to have that conversation before you have intent. So by the time chat really matters, if we haven't developed any kind of relationship with you, then we ain't going to win that probably. Yeah. And, and so for us to be great at, at chat, that would be, in, in some ways that would conflict with, with, you know, hey, our pre-intent team is doing a great job, which is killing the volume for our chat, right? You know, if, if, if you will. Um, you know, if you look at where chat, I think has its highest relevance is where, where immediate response is, is most important. Um, and I can't help but laugh at how many chats I've been on recently where um, someone should be back here in three hours. Right. In eight hours, in 12 hours. Right. right. So why, why don't you just call this a, a, a pop-up contact us form? Right. Um, and so, it, but, but if, if five-minute response, one-hour response is crucial and you don't know our email address, like, like if you needed to talk to somebody at a company that you knew and you knew, and you knew the salesperson there, would you go on the website and chat or would you send your, the person you want to talk to an email? I'd send the person an email. Right. And Absolutely. I don't think anyone would disagree with, right? And so, right. And so if, if at that point where that timing is what matters, then, then you're probably not looking for us. And so some of that, um, some of that comes down to, you got you to gotta choose the strategies that are the right strategies for you. Facebook was probably not the right thing for you right now. Yep. doesn't mean it won't be the right thing for you next year. Right? Um, now, you'll notice, and I won't get lost here, I didn't say conversational is not working. I got a whole thing on that. But, um, but we, you know, we put some real time into chat, and, and I can um, conclusively say that time did not get returned real well. And that's okay. Yeah, I, I would say, and you put you, you, that again was on what didn't work for us. And we did put some significant hours into it. And eventually I just said, you know what, we got to pull the plug on this right now because I just don't know if it's a high leverage piece for us today um, or a high leverage channel for us today. Um, and so we pulled it and focused those efforts elsewhere. And, uh, you know, we're not. So we'll see what 2019 brings. I'm probably re-implement it, um, but it'll have to be a, it, it, like you said, it's a big time investment. 
All right, so your second thing that didn't work was chat? Was chat, yeah. Our second thing was, I don't know what you call it, but we played a little bit with interactive content. You know, the content that's more than just static content on your site. Yep. And um, I don't think we ever even actually published anything. And, and so the reason that that didn't work was I think we – I think we pursued the idea. Well, I think it's two things. I think we pursued the idea because we saw the idea as being interesting, but it wasn't really being done for a purpose. So we were doing, it's like, hey, yeah, let's make that interactive. Um, and it's like, okay, well, does it need to be interactive? Um, and then I also think we had some people, um, I think we had the wrong people focused on it, which, which had something to do with that. So we're, we're actually going to reboot some, some tests on that um, now, but you know, one, one of the lessons there is, is to think about things that, that, you know, if you're not committed to it, and I think that's where a lot of the problem was with the, is we never actually really committed to it. It was like, Hey, yeah, that would be cool. Yep. Um, and so I think you got to think through that when, when you're deciding it. I think it's high, uh, a high, high leverage activity. Just like if I look at 2019, one of the, one of the activities that I'm probably the other than continuing to do what we're doing on the content marketing side is, is really starting to implement a video strategy. I think that's an area that we, we have to do a better job of. I know somebody that won a video and business award. Who's that? <laughs> so how, how do you think you're going to use video? Uh, explainer videos, um, knowledge base, video, uh, customer's testimonials, and then potentially like a demo series so that we can kind of weed out, um, you know, low intent or people that are just super curious that, uh, you know, are not willing to commit um, to a deeper conversation. So this is just some areas that I'm thinking of. So you're uh... year. So, so you're thinking video for 2019? Yes. I already missed the boat. You did. <laughs> I'm kidding. You did. Um, yeah, we're going to try this new thing called search. I, heard, I read about something. Yeah. Did you know that you could, uh, you could like, write things and people are looking for them, they can find you that way? They can That's find you that way. Yeah. Um, we are, the, the, the big thing that I'm thinking about for, um, for 19, there's, there's, there's two pieces to it. One, one is I'm, I'm reviewing and rethinking what our, what our thought process around tech is. I think we now need to be more purposeful. I think that yep. in 2019, I think our tech stack is actually going to get smaller, not bigger, um, which, which, is an, which is an interesting challenge for, um, for third-party apps. Yep. And the other thing that we're um, – that we're – thinking about and I would like to be able to start testing out is is 
beginning to move that, that process even further. I, I firmly believe, I, I, I think that, that you're, I think the world is breaking down into two places. Um, and we're going to see an acceleration of that over the next five to seven years or say three to seven years. Um, I think we've got this high intent defined existing demand market where, um, so what, what I refer to as fundamental value buyers, I think it's going to become more distinct. I think it's going to become broader so that people who used to not be fundamental value buyers in areas are going to become more likely to be fundamental value. So, so I, I think if you look at the, I think if you look at the typical buying unit, whether you're B2C or B2B, um, 65 to 80% of purchases are going to become fundamental value driven. Meaning I understand I've decided what I need. I'm looking for a solution. Um, I, I'm not looking to be, I'm not looking to be educated at the point of purchase. Yep. Right. So like, I'm not looking for some complex sales process or whatever. The it would education- be interesting to know what that statistic is today uh, around how many purchases are, 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 are fundamental buyers. I would think that it's probably, like you said, it's accelerating and I would think that it's probably pretty high. Um, well, I mean, the, the, the problem with a lot of stats out there are that, it depends on what you define as, as, as a sale or a purchase. Yeah. So, so if you work for Staples and, and I'm selling you a three-year contract, right. To, to get your Jansan from us, to get your office supplies from us. Right. That's, that's one sale every three years. That's, that's not a fundamental value purchase. That's a total value. Right. But then you're going to make, Incremental sales from that point. You're going to make thousands of, you're going to have thousands of sales transactions. You're going to talk to a salesperson, account manager online. And and it's like when people talk about the volume of sales that have gone to self-serve, well, it used to be that every time I wanted to order supplies for my company, I had to call somebody and I was talking to an account manager and now I go on your app and I order it. And that's, and I do that thousands of times versus the one time that, right. And so, so part of those statistics that, that, that's where part of that problem comes, but, but, but those are not, those are not decision based purchases. Those are, those are repurchases. Um, but, but so the way I look at it is you're, you're going to be 65 to 80%. And I think it's going to be moving towards 80 of, of what I have the, the, the bandwidth to make decisions about are going to move towards um, that fundamental value driven purchase. I think that 20 to 35% are going to be that total value. I'm looking for curation. I'm looking for insight. So I think that at what a business has to do is it has to decide um, where does it compete? And, and I think a number of them will compete in both, but you've got to, they're distinctly different sales processes. So, so you have a lot of people that are talking about eliminate friction, eliminate friction from the fundamental value sale. Friction is, is, is good. Is not a bug of the total right. value. Right. But, but the problem is, and this is what I think is killing enterprise sales, right. Is we talk about eliminate friction. And so we're trying to eliminate friction from everything. Like how many enterprise companies we, we, we've got a client right now, they've got a program sale that they make, and then they have lots and lots of transactions. So they, they might make, they might sell 50 programs this year, but they have more than a thousand um, 
companies that buy something from them this year, right? And, and the program sale might be a half a million dollar sale. They got one transaction in the analysis that we're doing. One person spent $3,622 with them last year, right? Well, guess what? They're all in the same pipeline. Right. They have one pipeline. And so when they're, you know, and so when they think about their sales process, they're, they're, they're changing everything, you know, they're, they're thinking about that. And, and so what, what, what we're looking to do is to say, okay, there's this fundamental value sale over here, eliminate friction. There's this total value sale over here and more and more and more yeah. value, total value sale is going to occur earlier and earlier. Um, and then how do you begin to tie your compensation, your success metrics and other things like that to that earlier process? How do you, how do you, um, how do you manage that? How do you judge that? That that's what we're going to be working on in 2019. Very interesting. Well, Mike, a toast to you and yours and to your mom and my mom for listening. You know, yes, Tyler, Tyler at Lawnfire is going to get upset because we only talk about your mom and my mom listening. We never give him credit that he listens sometimes. Yeah. Tyler, so. thank you. Cheers. Tyler. Um, have a great holiday. Have a great holiday, everybody. I'm sure you're probably listening to this after the holiday. So that statement is an absolutely meaningless. Uh, Happy New uh, Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> Looking good, Billy Ray. <laughs> Name the movie. Friday Night Lights. No. Yeah. Trading Places, baby. Ah, oh, yes, yes. <laughs> Alrighty, thanks for joining us in and thanks for joining us this year on the Black Line Podcast. We got some fun things planned for 2019. Until next time. Thanks, Doug.